Yeah, I think it's it's impossible to achieve battle performance when you cannot when these girls are not even fueled enough for one session. You know, I have been dealing with one athlete and she was eating maybe three pieces of bread like in the morning and then six hours, nothing and just maybe an apple before training. And then they were doing one and a half hours intervals. And I don't know, this is it's it's, it's insane. Like. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Vice Nutrition Podcast. My goal here is to help you fuel your body properly so you can lose excess weight, improve your performance and all that without obsessing about food and falling for diet fats. If you also want to figure out what to eat, how much to eat so you can get into your best shape while maximizing your energy, apply for personal nutrition link at danvice.eu slash apply. That is danweiss.eu forward slash apply. Or, you know, click the link down in the description. My guest today is Tina Sparovets from the Human Performance Center in Slovenia. And she is a nutritionist who works with female athletes and women who need help correcting their hormones and menstrual cycle. She also works with female athletes to improve their performance through adjustments in their nutrition and training. And we speak about specifics of female physiology and their training and nutrition needs. We also speak about relative energy deficiency, which is a rising problem in endurance and weight class athletes, but also in active female population. So that means those women who are not athletes, but love to move and exercise quite a lot. In the previous episodes with Matt Bach, we also spoke about the relative energy deficiency, but in male athletes. So that might be also worth your time and checking it out. Just to refresh your memory, what a relative energy deficiency is. It is a state when athlete or person does not fuel their body properly. And most often they don't even know about it. And it is especially common among endurance athletes or aesthetic athletes or uh, specifically in women, female population. Some of the symptoms and issues with that are increased fatigue, decreased recovery and performance, muscle loss, frequent injuries like stress fractures caused by low bone density, resistance to fat loss and even fat gain and loss of periods libido and even infertility. I hope you enjoyed the episode and here is Tina. <laughs> so I'm Tina Sparovic and I'm coming from Slovenia and I am a nutritionist basically. Um, I studied nutrition and biomedicine in, in Munich in Germany and then um, now I'm proceeding with my PhD at um, at gynecology and obstetrics, uh, which is which doesn't deal much with nutrition, but it does deal with um, hormones, um, which is very interesting. So, and as a side project now, we are opening Human Performance Center with um, three colleagues of mine, and um, there I'm mostly doing with females with females, female athletes 
who need nutrition support around their training um, and just like through the um, um, through the training cycle. Um, I am also dealing with um, girls, with women that have problems with menstrual cycle disturbances and the absence of the cycle. And I do this through coaching, like just being there for them, listening to them and giving them advices uh, because this I've seen it's a big problem right now that everyone wants to have a perfect body, but actually there are many consequences on health that comes with it. Um, so yeah, that would be about me, <laughs> about my business side, <laughs> but I can also talk about my hobbies, which is like, um, doing many different sports and just enjoying life and nature as much as possible. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, we actually spoke beforehand on Instagram. That's basically how we connected and, uh, yeah. just like you said, it's very interesting topic, like. Of female athletes, uh, female athlete triad, and dealing with all these nuances of females, right? So, yeah, uh, like you said, it's a topic that, in my eyes or in my view, uh, emerged this year or maybe last year when some women from Nike and also from other uh, running clubs started speaking about their problems uh, that they had regarding, you know, overtraining, under-eating and being treated in a wrong way. So mm -hmm. uh, I think that is that it is an important topic to handle. So why do you believe or, or how did you actually get to this topic and why did you get interested in it? Because, you know, there are many topics like sports nutrition in also other realms of nutrition mm. yeah um it started just by being very interested in nutrition um and about in sports nutrition um but then as like as you read more and more and yeah things articles like this from nike comes up but i also knew about the problems before because i was dealing with those problems and nobody could help me um, except like research papers and um, like articles online and some books. Um, so I started to read more and more and also came across um, female athletes that were dealing with those problems. Like there is whole, the whole group on Facebook um, about like not just athletes, just normal girls that were starting to do I don't know, CrossFit started running for marathon and they didn't have any clue about the proper nutrition. Um, and they um, faced those problems with um, having um, no period or it's called hypothalamic amenorrhea or having bone fractures because they were not having the period and their bones were very brittle. Um, yeah, so it's very important that we start to, to educate like nutrition um, people that are dealing with nutrition, nutrition coaches, coaches, trainers that are dealing with girls on a daily basis because I came across an athlete and she said, yeah, my, my coach just pushed me onto the diet because I needed to lose weight to be faster. But 
nobody knew about the consequences. And then she had to end up her career at her 20, uh, in, I think she was 22 or something, because she had so many, like a stress fracture and had to um, skip a few seasons and then her potential was gone. So it's basically we are trying to make them better when they are very young, so at around 20s, but then they, those athletes don't last long. So we have to start to make a good base with the athletes and to allow them to develop properly at their puberty to reach those peak bone mass and then to train them like according to what they need so that we don't harm their health and that they are not like rubbish at 23 because they have so many like injuries and stuff like that. Um, so, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I, I totally resonate with uh, the story that you shared right now because I had uh, girls in my practice just like that, and coaches yeah. were pushing them. And uh, you know, you want to be faster, so you need to be leaner or eat less and whatever. And there is a like athlete in uh, her twenties who is eating about like twelve hundred calories a day, and Basically, she has no education about nutrition, but she just was given that meal plan, right? And so she trusts her yeah. coach and she follows it and she feels like really terrible. She doesn't have any energy. She's losing her period, like you mentioned, and mm -hmm. not performing. And then there is this cycle that coach is demanding better performance from her on top of that. Yeah, I think it's it's impossible to achieve battle performance when you cannot, when these girls are not even fueled enough for one session. You know, I have been dealing with one athlete and she was eating maybe three pieces of bread like in the morning and then six hours, nothing, and just maybe an apple before training. And then they were doing one and a half hours intervals. And I don't know, this is, is it's, it's insane, like... Um, or they just tell them, okay, yeah, just eat salad after your training because you need to lose a bit weight. But then, like, as soon as you start doing it, the performance just decreases. And, um, yeah, that's sad. And if we start, like, teaching those coaches that know, like, go search help um, with the, nutrition, uh, the nutritionist, like, proper nutritionist who knows how much you need and not, like, 12,000 12, calories or something. Uh, I mean, yeah, 1,200 calories or something because that's not enough. Yeah, they need like to work with people that really know what to do, like yourself, right? <laughs> oh, hopefully. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, where do you think is the like core of the issue because uh, now we are speaking about coaches right because uh, yeah. they maybe know their training they uh, might not know or often don't know much about nutrition but even if i think about it uh, these coaches they don't train only girls usually right they yeah. also train let's say guys and two guys they wouldn't say like eat 1200 calories yeah yeah i think it's the problems that that they don't really understand the female physiology. So they should learn about the basics. I mean, some things are obvious, like girls, when they reach their puberty, they are not as fast as male guys. And also girls, they start to gain like fat around hips and their 
body composition changes, their, their shape changes uh, because of the influence of the hormones. And the guys just get like better and better because they are um, having this huge amount of testosterone running around their body. Um, and they get like lean gains, they get faster, they get like the bones get stronger and they get all the goods, right? Um, and that's why they are like telling, yeah, you know, guys need to eat a lot because they're growing, they need, they have lots of muscle, but like women, you just gain fat, you're probably already eating enough. So this is, yeah, I think that's the, the, that's how it goes. But on the other hand, I also have to blame like social media because all those, all everything that those girls see, like the athletes are like ripped bodies of um, like world renowned like athletes, you know, but they might be ripped just at the top season, like maybe one month when they have this important competition and the rest of the year, they're just like normal. Uh, but what we, what all we, what we see is just this abs and rip body, like 0% of fat. And that's ev like what everyone wants. And that's also to blame. So. Yeah, I, I completely Back agree with it. the social media and this whole uh, fitness industry, uh, which is terrible. Yeah. And uh, I also think that, or I, what I see in practice is that, you know, for example, uh, there comes a girl or a man, doesn't matter, and they are afraid to eat carbs because mm -hmm. uh, they follow somebody on social media who doesn't eat carbs and they eat a lot of protein and uh, they try to mimic that kind of diet. And now I'm speaking about one specific example that I have in mind. And I was speaking with that girl and I asked her, okay, but who is this person that uh, you are speaking about? that has this high protein and low carbohydrate. Is it a bodybuilder? Yes. But okay, he is a bodybuilder. He is not a runner. <laughs> mm -hmm. So yeah, the context it's, it's... is very important. And I see that uh, a general public or a athlete or a person who wants to get better uh, don't consider context. Yeah, also. Yeah, good point. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's speak about this. W what do you think or what do you see to be like the prevalence of these issues um, in in the women or in females? Like, uh, what do you mean? What, what, what kind of percentage are we speaking about? Like what percentage of female athletes or non-athletes uh, have these issues? Uh, do you mean this issues with um, disturbed hormonal balance and um, relative energy deficiency in sport and so on? Um, I think in like in female athletes, it must be like around yeah fifty percent. I mean, it depends in which in which sport. For sure, uh, like track athletes, cyclists, ballets, they are really like. Um, sports at risk because it's very important to be lean, as they say, and yeah, there is a lot also disordered eating and stuff like that, and that's why 
these sports are. And you also mentioned like uh, that you work, for example, with women that, for, you know, just uh, try to do crossfit because they want to look better or do maybe some other kinds of sports. So what about this demographic? Yeah. Um, yeah, I get like some or just um, cycling like a couple of times per week, but but didn't know how to fuel properly. Um, some are just, yeah, doing some CrossFit, not even every day or doing it f- for like on amateur level, just for fun, they say, but um, you get it. Like um, actually also problem, like also women who are obese and try to lose weight too fast, they get disturbances in menstrual cycle. So also with those, um, um, you have to be a bit careful so that they don't start losing the weight too fast. Um, but still, you have to monitor their menstrual cycle to see if they're really still like on the health line, like on the healthier side. Um, yeah, so here weight doesn't even matter that much. It matters how um, the nutritional status, so the energy status of a, of a woman. Yeah, definitely. And when we are speaking about that, uh, you started or you mentioned hormonal disbalances, right? But I think that yeah. hormonal disbalances is like uh, advanced condition. So what other conditions can a female athlete notice about herself? For example, that there is something starting to happen. Okay, so actually this hormonal disbalance, um, like the absence of the period or hypoestrogenism, um, it ha- it happens actually very quickly and it's one of the first signs that you get when you are um, tr- like dealing with um, energy deficiency or too much sport or just too much mental stress. Um, so that happens actually very fast. Um, and together with it, you get many things that are associated with this energy deficiency. You have problems like in metabolism, uh, problems in thermal regulation. So those um, women that are on the diet, they get cold very fast, like they're cold all the time. Then they have like the blood picture, like it's it looks not that healthy anymore. So they have problems with white blood cell count, they can even have like high cholesterol levels, even though they're dieting and not eating enough. Um, they have gut issues. So I see many times that, um, or I've seen it before that girl came and just like, yeah, I started dieting, but then I got like problems with gut. And then I start to exclude different groups like diary and, um, gluten and like then you get even less and less nutritious food because of it like okay i don't say that um that it's very important to to i mean you can you can live without uh, dairy products or meat and like vegans but it's just this that you start to then obsessively exclude all the food groups that are very important for example at the end up at the end you end up just eating uh, vegan, gluten-free, and um, low-fat, and but without, um, I don't know, 
some very important nutrients because you cannot digest that, but it's it's basically can be the consequences of just this and um, like relative energy deficiency as it's called. Um, mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I haven't heard about this uh, connection between uh, relative energy yeah. deficiency and gut issues actually. Yeah. But, like but... imagine your gut doesn't have enough energy to digest very well. So you'll get like bloating and everything. And then like you think, oh, I'm intolerant to something, but basically it's just your gut. Um, and I can imagine how it the... also plays into the psychology of the person because now, okay, I'm bloating, so I want to eat less. And like you said, yeah, yeah. restrict even more and go like uh, gluten-free, then uh, vegan, then raw vegan, and then, then what? <laughs> yeah, 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 sure. Um, yeah, it, this is very interesting, yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, how do you handle these cases with people? What should this person do when they start noticing these things because well they, they don't have their hormonal panel right uh, right mm -hmm. and <laughs> yeah i mean first of all like going to the doctor to have the blood checked up to have the levels of the hormones checked up um i would advise you to come and talk with me because it's not just about nutrition it's also like mental and it's nice that you talk with somebody about like that somebody listens to you and gives you then advice because it can be different to um, like it can be very personally. Um, but yeah, definitely like then to start eating more to reduce like sport or even like gave up sport at all and just be at peace, like find new hobbies, just reduce the mental stress and yeah, then you just have to eat enough and wait just so that your body starts to sense uh -huh, there is more energy available. I can like perform my basic functions that I need to perform. And then, yeah, also the period um, should return. Mm -hmm. uh, what time frame are we actually speaking about? I know that this would depend probably on how... Um, stressed the person was uh, and uh, how severe the condition was but can you give us a general yeah. idea yeah of course i mean if you really start to like let's say behave very well and do everything as you should so like really no sport eating a lot and it's like on every six months so some they got it in the first month um, some they have to wait a bit longer, but the more you do sport and keep to your uh, previous lifestyle, the like the longer it will take. And uh, I think I've seen girls that start okay, I will do like I will still do sport twice a week and so on. But then after six months, they didn't get the period and they were just so tired and fed up because they had to like constantly motivate themselves to not give up about this um, like recovery and they just say okay I will from now on just lay on the couch and do nothing and then they recovered very fast so mm -hmm. and uh, I see where there is a big benefit of having um, somebody to speak with to counsel with so I guess all of this can be done online yeah, 
yeah, online, I mean, for somebody that lives near me also in person, but <laughs> I think online is just, it just works. Mm -hmm. yeah, because what I see the biggest problem is that this person or this kind of athlete or female would be afraid of gaining weight right and so advice to move less and eat more uh, would be very hard to chew oh yeah of course uh, like when you do a sport when you train a sport you really relate you are this sport so you are an athlete and then like when you start this recovery you're no longer an athlete and then you have to eat more you have to do the things that you were afraid of before and I think this really, like, it can be very stressful and, like, mentally very hard journey. But And you really have to decide to go this way so somebody cannot force you to just go. So it's sort of, like, similar to an eating disorder, of course. Um, so even, like, searching for um, psychologist or psychiatrist is advisable if you have more problems with eating and so but um, just that somebody tells you like what to do, like to give you instructions, this is where I where I come in to play. Thank you. And so, what advice can we get to females regarding their nutrition or eating in general? Is there like a difference between female and male body, uh, or their nutritional needs, or what's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, women are, of course, smaller. I mean, we have smaller heart, smaller lungs. And, um, of course, the general advice is that we need less calories. Um, but we don't, like, we still have to eat according to what our body needs and what our physical activity needs. So, like, if we do long endurance run, we need to eat more and... Um, it comes very handy that like athletes know how much they have to eat before training, how much their training will take from the body and to fuel that before you're able to then do the workout properly. Um, yeah. What was the second part? Mm -hmm. So uh, like if there is a difference between uh, fueling for men and well, uh, male and female. So you said that uh -huh. uh, women have probably, or in most cases, lower nutritional needs, like uh, when it comes to the energy. But maybe is there like a differences in maybe macronutrients or maybe some vitamins and minerals that they need to get or should get? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, yeah, because of the menstrual cycle, we have to be careful about some micronutrients but let's talk about macronutrients so for sure a very bad idea for women is to go uh, on something low carb keto especially if they are endurance um, athletes because of course first of all you have to need you have to fuel your workouts and their carbohydrates are really essential on the long run um, and then like our brain it senses the amount of energy um, via sensing glucose and leptin and everything. Um, and we, if we have low energy availability, so constantly some low blood sugar and stuff like that, then th 
these hormones will um, hormonal problems will occur. Um, so I wouldn't recommend going like low carb as on the long term. You can do this nutritional periodization. It's called when you have some days when they're like you eat less carbs because you don't need them because your training is not that hard or something. But that's not like one month straight keto or something. That's like very varies from on a day-to-day basis or, or even like hour to hour, stuff like that. Um, but, and yeah, then protein, of course, this is something that's very, like, I would say fixed, um, like day-to-day variation in protein intake. It's, I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not sure if it should vary. So if in my nutrition plan, it doesn't vary so at all. And then fats, of course, it, they are very important also for like female hormones production and stuff like that. So it's not something that you would like exclude totally. So uh, we have to make sure also about the like healthy fats, but that for sure doesn't mean like snacking on nuts all the time or something. Um, yeah. Yes, and I remember I think uh, yesterday I saw on your Instagram there was a you shared some screenshot I think from one of your clients yeah. that, that mentioned like I'm eating pasta on my non-training day. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I think like also some athletes they are very very like cautious about how how much carbohydrates they eat and then. Like for her, she told yeah that she was never eating pasta before um, on a rest day. Um, only when the when she had very hard training, the like um, day, and this was for me like a victory because she was very afraid to eat pasta on the day when she's resting. And um, yeah, good for her. <laughs> yeah, and, and th- these are like. Um... For somebody, it might seem like a small victory, but really, this is a big leap when it comes to mindset and breaking these barriers. Yeah, yeah. It's important. For some, it's very important to go just day by day and just to encourage them. Yeah, take like this day, try to eat something that you love to eat from before, like a cake or a bag of chips or because they just don't have this healthy relationship with food like they're afraid of things and i mean okay it's good to eat healthy of course like let's not underestimate this like eating whole food healthy but it's not healthy when it comes to when it becomes like obsessive like i shouldn't eat pasta that day because i'm not doing anything or when you punish yourself like you shouldn't eat pasta because you didn't burn three like 300 calories during this workout or something like that so the or just, I'm not going to eat outside because they're going to pasta to eat pasta, and today's like, and they will eat, and the pasta will be prepared with cream, and I'm not allowed cream and stuff like that. You know, just just it's mental. It becomes really mental, and yeah. Mm-hmm. So I for think, her, uh, this was a big deal. <laughs> yeah, I think Georgie Fear actually made a great point in her book, uh, "Give Yourself More." I don't know if you read it but oh no okay i really recommend it to you and this is uh the word or for women and 
not specifically like athletes, but for everyday women and how they are restrictive in that sense. And one of the chapters was also about these food rewards. And mm-hmm. just like you said, uh, that would be like a negative example. Like I would work out and then I reward myself with food or I work out so I can eat carbs or, you know, mm-hmm. anything like that. Uh, on the other hand, also rewarding yourself with food is basically not um, a good thing in that sense. Uh, I mean, you should eat because it's food and you like it or something like that, you know, but not to reward yourself specifically with it. What do you think about it? Yeah, I mean, some people, they use it as a reward. Like, sometimes it's not bad. It's just bad when it's, like, obsessive. Like, of course, like, you don't have special food, like, all the time. And when you do, like, I don't know, pass the exam and then you go for, like, something special, it's it should be more, like, to make the occasion special, not to just have the food as special thing on that day. So, you right. know, the context. That's exactly what she uh, what she wrote about that. Uh, enjoy the experience or focus on the experience uh, rather than food and experiencing the food. I, I really recommend everybody who is listening to read that book. If you are, doesn't matter, male or female, it's, it's a really great book and goes really deep into that uh, topic of basically i don't even know how to describe it but uh being in peace with food okay yeah sure <laughs> okay so what about the other things that athletes in general or people in general do like for example what comes up a lot is intermittent fasting and fasted workouts so is there a difference, for example, how female body reacts to that? Like fasted workouts, for example, you know, they want to burn more fat. And so they do like hard cardio sessions in the morning. Then they don't eat. Then they start with lunch and maybe have sweet cravings in the evening. Okay. So, um, yeah, let's just um, structure this. So there is definitely a difference between the athletes and the like normal population and the population of obese people so i don't like particular like particularly care how the obese population uh wants to lose weight if intermittent fasting is helping them okay and now let's leave the population of (laughs) obese (laughs) and then you have the normal population that actually don't need to lose weight or is like healthy. And then we have to ask like, why would they do the intermittent fasting? You know, what's the reason to skip the breakfast or skip the dinner? Like, okay, if like, if they're staying healthy, I don't care. They just don't like, some don't like to eat breakfast. It's wrong to force them to eat breakfast and to tell them that it's something very healthy. If they like work on it and function without breakfast, it's fine. But for the athletes, um, because I think that when the trainings are very um, intense, they already like struggle to eat enough. And then when you introduce intermittent fasting, when you have only like eight hours to eat that old food, that's really hard. 
And um, I think, I okay, maybe that. if you do, like if you do it once per week or twice per week, maybe it's not even that bad. But if you're doing it like every day, I think, and every day having training and then waiting after training to eat, that's, uh, I don't think it comes under, like, I don't think that's a good thing. And like, okay, I don't particularly have anything against the fasted training as long as it's not done too often and not too intensive. So like one hour easy ride jogging might be already too intensive because it's like it's more intensive than just um, than just cycling. And then if you eat straight after, okay, maybe you have some minor performance gains, but you cannot do like very intensive training intervals and you don't then get those proper adaptations to it um, and like gains after training. But yeah, I mean, one, one, one day per week shouldn't be too bad. And then you have women, <laughs> um, which like we are already like relying so much on burning fat. So especially around ovulation and in the luteal phase. Uh, by the way, um, to get the basics on the menstrual cycle, please visit our like our webpage where I wrote all of this. So um, those that are missing some basics, please do okay, that. Okay, I, I will put, understand I, better. <laughs> I will put the link below in the description section. Yeah. So we are already relying on burning carbon, like fat, as a like main source. And then I don't know if it makes sense to even do those trainings faster to, to even improve that. Um, while we could have like better adaptations to training when we were do like proper fueling. Um, yeah, that's just maybe my opinion, but I think many of the people would agree with me. Uh, because I know, for example, I, I'm pretty sure that you know Stacy Sims, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know mm -hmm. her. And I not, I do not necessarily agree with her on every point, but yeah, um, sure. Yeah, she's very against um, this training fasted, but I like. I don't think it like hurts if you do it once per week or once every two weeks, but. Definitely not in like very intensive block se um, season, like at the peak season, because it's very like it takes a while to regenerate from that um, training if you do it fasted because of all the stress hormones, etc. Uh, but maybe in the like beginning of the season, I mean. Um, but still, your coach should know. Um, better so your coach should know what's the goal of the session so you cannot do just every session fasted but it has to have like some meaning why you do it fasted um, and yeah with females very careful about it yeah okay so actually when you mentioned the cycle should actually training change or nutrition change around the cycle um okay let's deal with um, nutrition first. So if you're an athlete, um, there, 
like how to say it, there should be some, you should be cautious a bit um, and careful a bit about the um, carbohydrate intake around the training session according to each cycle, because during some parts of the cycle, your um, liver, liver and muscle, they don't want to give away the um, glucose for the work required. Um, they rely more on burning fat. And the problem is, if you have to do this high intensity training, this might be the factor that will influence your training. So you will not be able to reach this peak intensity, this peak speed or power if you're cycling. And yeah, if you deal the proper way, like with nutrition, with carbohydrates, if you eat more carbohydrates, then you could like leave, like reduce that effect. And yeah, I think if you're somebody that's, um, has regular menstrual cycle then, and training, then maybe you should like also pay attention to that because I mean, usually I speak with some athletes and say, no, like menstrual cycle has no effect on my performance, but then I go and check what they're doing. And then, okay, yeah, but here it might be a fact because that day was hot and she didn't eat enough. And then she, like, and she was in that cycle phase and yeah, this might have an effect. So people are just not aware that there is an effect and this should, and they just like, ah, today I couldn't reach high intensity, but she didn't think maybe she was in this luteal phase where she cannot reach high intensities without having like extra sugar in her drink or extra sugar in her pocket to eat. Um, yeah, so they just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but uh, what you mentioned, like uh, that, no, it doesn't affect me. And th this is the kind of things that people who don't uh, closely track their trainings and everything, they just go by feeling, then they can make that mistake. Uh, that's yeah, what I see, yeah. right? So, uh, yeah. but I feel I feel good, yes. Or my effort is like nine out of ten, and yesterday it was nine out of ten, and one month ago it was nine out of ten. But you see completely different results. Yeah, I think it's sometimes hard to go by effort here, because yeah, also in the luteal phase, the perceived effort might be changed. So, and then if you go just by effort, I mean you you feel that you're doing the same effort, but just the performance is like way worse. So uh, we are like, I try to collaborate as much as possible with coaches and just to tell them, Hey, like in this phase, she might have this and that, and just maybe like, um, monitor her training and just do some changes about her training to, um, to make her training better and to like just have better progress um does it make sense yeah definitely so that's like educating and that's also I, what i do with my female clients to uh, have a journal for their period mm -hmm. and how they feel how they perform so they uh let's say observe how they react in these uh, different stages yeah i think that's very good yeah so uh, we covered, I think, both nut nutrition and training right now. Is that correct? 
Yeah, I mean, I could talk about it like forever because <laughs> there are also some other stuff that you have to like pay attention, like if it's hot, if it's cold, if it's humid, etc. So here there are many variables that affect female performance. So, um, yeah, but I think, yeah, for the beginning, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this would be like for elite athletes, I would say. Maybe we can do a, another episode that will be specifically about these specific things yeah, like yeah, temperature sure. and, and during the cycle and uh, going yeah, di sure. deeper into the into those uh, variations. Mm -hmm. So sure, sure. I think Tina that we provided some good information. So just let's wrap it up. Uh, what do you see to be like the to wrap it up uh, the, the most important points for females to take away from listening to this podcast okay so for females um you should definitely track track your menstrual cycle if you're not tracking your menstrual cycle start now it's never too late you will learn so much about your body how it reacts to to some nutrition, how it reacts to training. Um, yeah, I think it's very interesting just to see like through the year how like if there are some changes. Um, and there's the second thing um, for coaches and nutritionists, you should start like teaching your clients to, to track their menstrual cycle so that you will know um, about their health about their nutrition st status, about their training, because it gives you like an like number one insight of how this person is like um, dealing with all the training and everything. So because she will instantly notice if the training block was too intensive, if she wasn't eating enough, if like even before you do a blood check, you will see that on the menstrual cycle. Um, so that's like the most effective way to, um, to track your clients. Yeah. And what about maybe some fun part? Like what's your favorite food? Huh? My favorite food. You can pick more well, than one. Okay. So one is um number one i probably is pizza so this napoli style pizza oh. i was in italy one month ago and i was eating pizza every day so that um secondly so many carbs <laughs> so yeah just carbs i i live on carbs i train so <laughs> i have to eat all the carbs and here in austria there is one um dessert that's called gernknödel and it's like um, bread, but cooked on a like on steamed like dumpling. Is it like yeah, dumpling something? Oh, my God, yeah, that's so good. <laughs> Is it filled? Yeah, it's filled with um, plum jam. So mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, we have we good. have something similar here. I mean, it's yeah. pretty popular also. I really like it, but. Uh, I don't eat it normally. So, uh -huh. so, so pizza and dumplings. <laughs> yes. Okay, Tina. So, um, 
I would like to give you some space to fin uh, to close this. And uh, where can people find you, or is there anything that you would like to add? Well, Maybe I say hello we... to your mother. <laughs> no, I think we covered up. So for more information, like yeah, please link the page below. Um, yeah, the, the last time I was having a podcast. Um, for one of our um, my friends, then lots of girls they contact me bef contacted me bef because of all the um, problems with uh, menstrual cycle and menstrual cycle loss and yeah so maybe I will achieve something similar here so I hope that girls will start to talk more openly about it about the problems that they're dealing and yeah so feel free to contact me. <laughs> yeah, definitely, and you will find. All these links in the description or maybe if you yeah. are I, I don't know wherever you are listening or watching this <laughs> okay Tina thank you very much for your time and for your um, expertise on these things yeah. and for sharing with us and I believe that we will see ourselves or, or we will meet again yeah thank you for inviting me this was really fun oh thank you very much you have a great day Thank you for listening. As always, you will find all the important links, notes, timestamps in the description and on the podcast page on my website at thedanwise.eu. If you like this episode and this podcast, don't forget to leave a rating and a review. Besides sharing, it is the best way how to spread the word and bring new interesting guests, topics, which will help you lead a healthy and fulfilled life. You can also support me and show appreciation for what I do via Patreon page. Link is in the description. You can post your comments and ask questions by emailing me to questions at danwise.eu. Once again, the link is in the description. I wish you a healthy and productive day.